have such sights to show you. We're popping a scary horror podcast here. I'm your host Cole, and with me, as always, I have my good friend and co-host Aaron. Hey, hey! what's going on, man? Hey, nothing much. All right, that's good. Yeah. I've got nothing much is going on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we are on episode six, I believe. Whoa, already? I know. We're that's... just gliding right through there. That's more than I can count on one hand. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Buddy, except you're right. You can only count to five on one hand. I can only count to five, period. Yeah. I did not go to school. Really? I, never. Okay. I didn't know how we met then. Uh. Dadgum boogeyman! <laughs> <laughs> um. Banging on the yeah, but uh, that surprisingly uh, startling noise actually uh-huh. made the perfect transition because uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Boogeyman and stuff, but it's Ooh. not going to be the Michael Myers sort, oh. but instead we're going to be jumping over to Elm Street to meet up Ooh. with Freddy Krueger. So, mm-hmm. with Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. uh, any preconceived notions you have or stuff you knew about it prior to uh, watching it today? Oh, yeah, man, everybody knows Freddy Krueger, right? He's got that sick fedora, he's got that <laughs> uh, skin condition. Yeah. He's got a he's got a nice sweat. The best time to I, no, I can't make that joke. Didn't they make that joke last time? I, I can't remember. Striped sweater. Yeah, but let's just it's throw all it in. Time. Turtleneck. It's not turtleneck though. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's red and green. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's almost Christmas. It's the nightmare on Christmas Elm Street. It's a Christmas color palette, really. When yeah. You think about it. No, it really um, is. And he's got the he's got the Edward Scissorhands. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that's Freddy Krueger. I know he has something to do with dream nightmares, right? Mm-hmm. Like he haunts people's nightmares or something. But I mm-hmm. assume for this to be a horror movie, he's probably like a real guy that can really kill you too. So. Um, that's all I know about, I, I just know, I know Freddy, but I don't mm-hmm. really know anything about, like, the plot of the movie, other yeah. than that it centers around nightmares in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, pretty much you're right in the right ballpark, like you were with, uh, Halloween and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much exactly, that's how I would describe it to yeah. somebody about who didn't know who Freddy Krueger was mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, with me, personally, whenever it came to my personal experience of the first time I encountered freddy krueger again i keep bringing this up like the billionth time but really it was freddy versus jason because around mm-hmm. that film came around like 2003 2004 i think around that time um but anyway so i was just like oh that's cool you know freddy has like clawed hands and stuff even though i was always more focused on jason i always thought freddy was like oh yeah he's pretty cool yeah. and stuff <clears throat> that's kind of like where I stood with him. Uh, I never really watched the films, nor was I really like, okay, I really need to uh, watch it. Because um, comparatively to the rest of the slasher genre, Freddy was kind of like one of the latter ones I ended up watching. Because it was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. So um, whenever it comes to it, um, I've always liked the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And um, the character design is obviously strong, as you've mentioned. Like yeah. he's obviously stood out to you it's during so Halloween and stuff. So strong that every girl has dressed as Freddy for Halloween. 
I mean, that's a really bold statement. It no, probably none. only applies to like one percent of the population. No, but no. I've seen a lot of Freddy costumes, and for some reason, I've seen more female Freddy costumes than male Freddy costumes. And I don't yeah. know if it's just because it is a striking color design, or because you could just wear a yeah. long sweater and make it like <clears throat> a sweater dress. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and that's funny you mentioned that because uh, with my wife, this is her favorite horror franchise. Yeah, and stuff. So it's, has she ever dressed <clears throat> as Freddy for how She has actually. <laughs> it was the first year we started dating. I dressed up as Jason. She dressed up as uh, Freddy. That's a cute and stuff. So it's funny whenever you said that. I was just like, "Holy smokes, you're right, dude." Bam. I've seen more Bam. women dress up as Freddy mm-hmm. than I have men dress up as Freddy. Like usually, I'd say it's like one thirds men two-thirds women and stuff Mm -hmm, which um mm -hmm. obviously the costume looks great on both genders and stuff so no complaints on my part but gender champion freddy krueger yeah absolutely um so with that in mind we're about to uh go into uh a nightmare on elm street here so we're gonna watch the film here and let you know because uh we're gonna be heading over to uh my street as uh (laughs) Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff used to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to watch the movie now and let you know our Thotteronian Cheebs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> You're the flip side. Yeah! So we are back from watching Wes Craven's 1984 hit classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. So, Aaron. Yeah. Thoughts? I was, uh, Craving a movie like that. <laughs> oh, that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that pun. It, but was, it was good. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it was a fun movie. I liked it. Um, uh, yeah, 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 it was, it was. I mean, it was definitely because we've been watching a lot of slashers, right? And mm-hmm. I, it definitely fits in that genre. But it's so different for me. It's so different than anything we've watched because of that blending of realities Mm -hmm. what's real what's not you know um and there was definitely pros and cons to that sort of uh basis of a world building but i thought they built the world really well it was really you know it was interesting to see you know for the first whole half the movie i was probably like who is freddy why is he doing this Mm -hmm. you know and they kind of get into some of the stories um but i was just i I don't know i i would have almost been just as satisfied not knowing anything about it, it just he's such a enigma um mm-hmm. even even at the end really um so yeah no really cool i think the characters were really strong i thought the world was probably the strongest bit Ooh. um mm-hmm. and then yeah i mean the movie was or the music was pretty uh upbeat it's pretty you know even mm-hmm. like, even during some of like the slashing scenes it's like <laughs> i was like bobbing my head i was like yeah get him freddy like um yeah, and then and then yeah, the story arc overall was just a lot more interesting. I had a little bit more mystery to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like uh, who's gonna die next. It was like oh, like what what what's going on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. Yep. And you could thank uh, Charles Bernstein for the music for the film uh, and stuff, which I definitely agree. The uh, music is uh, definitely top notch there. Mm-hmm and stuff but um yeah i'm definitely with you um i've only seen this film a couple of times like i said it's like one of the more recent series that i got mm-hmm. to later and stuff and uh this is probably about the second time i've seen it and stuff and you know i gotta be honest i even like it better than i did the first time because first time mm-hmm. i watched it through and stuff i think i had my bar set too high for it sure yeah. and stuff and it didn't hit that mark and so i thought i was like oh you know it's fine stuff but um 
rewatching it uh, again with you and stuff, there's like a lot more of the stuff that I picked up and I'm like, man, I really like that and I like mm -hmm. this. So it actually mm -hmm. ended up being a better experience the second time round for me, surprisingly. So yeah. I was uh, very excited about that for sure. I feel like it's that kind of movie that has that, that level of depth to it. Just, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they, they spawn off like a million series of it. So it's probably, uh, you know, for, mm -hmm. for, for uh, that reason in part. But even just watching that the first time, I picked up on some little details in the beginning mm -hmm. where like there's one shot where they were um they're doing an establishing shot on the window whenever they're all sleeping over at uh tina's house mm -hmm. in the first the very beginning of the movie yeah. there's even like this little hat hung and it looked kind of like freddie or whatever and i was like i recognize that hat you know oh, I mean? nice. and like uh, like it, it was just like a tiny little detail like uh that, mm -hmm. that they snuck in there and it was yeah. like oh you know he like they, they already mm -hmm. kind of established he's he's kind of everywhere you know Oh, and I, sure. I only knew that because, of course, you know, this movie's been out for a while, and I, mm -hmm. I, I knew what to be. Yeah. I knew the iconic look of the of the killer. But yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It, I, I think it's one of those that probably gets better on rewatch. Oh, for sure. And um, I'm going to just uh, also mention the plot synopsis for peeps who, for some reason, haven't seen it and stuff. Like, maybe it's just something like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like the dream guy and stuff. Um, basically, Nightmare on Elm Street focuses on a group of friends um that are experiencing these nightmares and stuff and they come to realize after talking about it a little bit um they're they have one thing in common and that's the figure that's inside the dreams how they describe a man with a like raggedy red green sweater and um a very poorly kept hat on mm -hmm. and um uh, claws like fingernails on the hand and from that point on uh they keep having these nightmares as uh, again you mentioned Aaron. they try to figure out exactly who is this figure and what exactly is going on mm -hmm. and so i think because of that mystery it gives you like a narrative more of a narrative and stuff as opposed to like free for all battle royale fortnite style you know mm -hmm. everything goes again they're just trying to think about it when Again, they don't have too much, and one of the things I do like is the fact that really it's just these four characters trying to figure out exactly what's going on and right. stuff. So it makes it even more of a dire situation that they feel like they have nobody else they can get to help them out. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's not them being stranded in a location where there's no help. Right. Help is everywhere. It's just a fact that they can't get the help they need right yeah they mm -hmm. don't they don't know how to help themselves almost and they and the, there's a communication breakdown right you, they're trying to convince other people even that they're in danger and so that's yeah that's a really mm -hmm. interesting aspect yeah and um yeah i feel like wes craven whenever he went into this film uh this is like one of his biggest first films he did and mm -hmm. stuff because um he actually had a pretty interesting um life up to that point and stuff i didn't know how familiar you were with wes craven mm. and stuff um but basically with wes craven um he actually didn't watch movies until he was in his 20s because his parents were like super duper religious and stuff and didn't watch mm -hmm. him watching that stuff because it was considered like sinful at the time especially mm -hmm. and so he didn't watch movies until way later and he didn't immediately become a director, even whenever he started watching movies. He was actually a college professor mm -hmm. for a long time. And then it wasn't until later, whenever he decided, you know what, I just kind of want to go out and make movies and stuff. And mm -hmm. some of his first films are actually um, uh, 
films. Yeah, if you know what I mean. It's like a Kruger kind of film. Yes, exactly. And so he actually which, made... Which is funny to me, because I feel like this movie, like, all, all slasher movies have a little bit of booby action or whatever. But this yeah. movie wasn't, like, that sexualized compared to some of the other ones. Like, it was pretty sexual. Like, I didn't think it was that sexual. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's just because... And we can get into this later. I know we're talking about a synopsis yeah. now. But maybe it's just because, like, bees like high school kids seemed a lot more like high school kids to me than most mm-hmm. other movies you know it usually it's like hello i'm 30 and i'm pretending to be a high school kid so at least i don't know maybe that just like automatically desexualized it for me because yeah. i was like these seem like these seem like high school kids there was a lot of talk about sex and there was a lot of like, oh yeah as far as like bare skin on the screen you know there wasn't that much mm-hmm. yeah comparatively there was no. i mean there, i mean there was still a, yeah. a normal amount for a horror movie but yeah. It wasn't like we were watching <laughs> Halloween or something and you're just like racking up the racks, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, for sure. Um and I I will say this though, it has one of the loudest sex scenes I've heard. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's the other part too because it wasn't like like it was a horny movie in some parts, but it was like funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where they're like cuz like the that sex scene, the whole first half, like the very first sex scene that we're talking about like in the beginning of the film mm-hmm. with, with Nancy and Rod or whatever is like uh the two the two kids downstairs are the ones where they're showing the picture of and they're just like not having sex <laughs> and listening to the other two have sex and it's like comically like oh oh <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't seem that sexual to me because I was like laughing at those parts. Yeah, um, but it is funny um, that you did mention that they actually seem like high school students and yeah. stuff, and they even make a joke like Nancy's looking at the mirror. She's like, "Oh my god, I look 20. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it definitely helps and stuff whenever you can buy into the realism of mm-hmm. it and stuff and believe that everybody's going through all of that mm-hmm. so that is something i definitely give the film major props for and um focusing more on the uh, main cast of characters um themselves individually uh what was your thoughts like on uh nancy glenn tina and rod since they're the four main peeps mm-hmm. we're kind of circling around for the film right i thought they were uh pretty strong characters i think like only they were only caricatures in a couple mm-hmm. ways. I mean, Rod was kind of a giant caricature. You know, uh-huh. on, yeah. the, on the bad boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I thought the rest were... Even he was, like, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other three were a little bit more fleshed out, had a little bit more depth. You know, like, Glenn's the jock, but he's not, like, the Rod jock. You know what I mean? He was just, like... He seemed a little... I don't know, more human, softer, less of a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Nancy. She's... Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she's definitely a... Uh, problem solver head on yes. kind of kind of gal um and then i mean even tina was like a um a, a likable and, and fairly well fleshed out character so mm-hmm. um i and i i didn't want to dive in this uh because i know you didn't know too much about it how'd you feel seeing uh, johnny depp in the film and stuff with obviously how big of a prolific actor he is now mm-hmm. uh, did you know he was in this film wasn't this his was this his first movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. was actually his first uh, movie, and it's funny how that happened because mm-hmm. he was more interested in uh, music career and stuff. Right. And it was actually uh, Nicolas Cage who convinced him to audition for this movie. They I, both auditioned together. I, I heard this story. I just forgot that it was like this movie, but I heard that mm-hmm. like he just kind of auditioned to go with yeah Nicolas yeah. Cage. He was like, "Fine, I'll go with you," and then mm-hmm. like this ended up getting this huge role. So 
Yeah, no. So it's it really, was, but he's he's so young that I just don't I don't just don't peg him to be like that's Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because it's not like um stereotypical uh Johnny Depp and stuff mm-hmm. where. You see, I'm Johnny Depp, you know, kind of, because I feel like he's always in that Captain Jack Sparrow, like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. especially after that, and yeah, he's a close relationship with Tim Burton, he's always in that caricature mode, but he's like not Mm -hmm. in this, yeah. So it's kind of weird seeing him go back to a more, like, uh, subtle role and stuff, and there was only, like, a couple of, like, Johnny Depp-like moments Mm -hmm. where he, he even at this one moment is, like, did the jack sparrow hand thing if you notice that or anytime he screams you i just hear now no you know like the gravelly grit he has in his voice whenever uh-huh. he yells but he's like i said uh for being his first film he was in mm-hmm. i i thought also he was like a solid character and and uh stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> um which i have to bring up this tangent if you've been listening to the uh, podcast episodes i deeply apologize because i going back and editing these episodes i have found i say and stuff so many times now, we all have those sorts of um verbal accidents that we make and stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, that in mind, apologies to that, because I guess for me, hearing it like, and stuff, and stuff, and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like... This is actually an elaborate speech therapy experiment. Yes, yes, this is, this is therapy for I'm me. Very therapeutic. Into, turning you into a brilliant orator. Orator! <laughs> um, but yes, so jumping back on there, that's just like a tidbit that's like, you know what, I'm just going to... I'm just gonna throw this We're into podcast. We're just gonna. I have some. I have some grievances to air. We tackle problems on this podcast. Mm, who knew it was gonna be therapeutic? <laughs> Johnny Depp. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's good for first film. I feel like he hits the notes, and uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like he does have flaws, but you don't innately think he's like an idiot and no, stuff. No, he's he's young. Mm. He's hot. He be jocking. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, for sure. Um. But I'm with you right there. Um, I feel like the four characters are definitely the strongest. Like, even Rod, who should be that one person you're like, oh my god, I mm-hmm. want him to just die already. Mm-hmm. Um, you could still find he's, like, likable. Again, he's just kind of like the big meathead trying to be cool. Yeah, like, in the, I feel like he's least likable in the beginning, and mm-hmm. he grows more likable. You know what I mean? Because, like, when he was first introduced, I was like, this guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Get a load of this guy. But, um, he, yeah, especially whenever, you know, the, the events start unfolding with his character arc, you just you grow to like him the more it goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And even Tina, who I feel like out of the four, she's probably the least developed. I still feel mm-hmm. like she's still likable enough and you get a sense of who she is right. and stuff. I feel like they establish her real quick. Just like, here's here's her issue and here's her character and they won't need... Mm-hmm. She doesn't get fleshed out super hard except for by a paranite. Oh! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. Man, I, you are killing it today. You are on point, Thanks bud. Call me Freddy. I am killing it. <laughs> um... And going over to Nancy, um, there is a couple of moments where I feel like uh, Nancy's deliveries and stuff is a tiny bit hokey oh, yeah. and stuff, but 
definitely not as hokey as uh, Alice's performance in um, Friday the 13th and stuff no, with some yeah. of the deliveries, which mm-hmm. I still like the character Alice fine, mm-hmm. but um, Heather Langdenkamp's uh, performance as Nancy, mm-hmm. I feel like is pretty strong. Because again, you feel like she is a grounded character and she clearly has a drive. Right. And stuff. Like she's a fighter, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you want to see her fight, so... Yeah, and I feel like she does. Like, she's analyzing it, kind mm-hmm. of like once things are really happening, she's the one that's driving it home. She's, right. like, determined to figure out exactly what's going on. Whereas the other people, um, I feel like, are kind of trying to be dismissive of it. It's kind mm-hmm. of like one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, surely it's coincidence or right. not too bad. But she's the one that's, like, driven to figure out exactly what's happening so whenever it comes to like main central characters in horror films mm-hmm. i think nancy uh despite having some like hokey moments right. uh, where you're kind of like okay this definitely feels a little forced i feel like she is really a strong kind of uh main lead gal absolutely yeah and it's crazy because when you first it's not crazy but when mm-hmm. you first start the film you, you think that you know tina is like kind of the main character for, uh-huh. for a little yeah. while um, and, and then the POV just shifts over to Nancy and then for the bulk of the film it, it's her but like in the very beginning when they start establishing all the dream stuff or whatever you, you think you're going to be I'm um, sorry you think you're going to be see, looking at Tina uh, the whole time until yeah until Nancy sort of takes it over and um, yeah I mean I, I, I didn't mind that shift I thought they, they did it really well and I definitely was a more I think would be a more interesting like they flopped those two characters to, to mm-hmm. be who who is who i mean i think it would have been a lot less interesting movie if we were following tina around the whole time but yeah not to mention i feel like um it just helps give each character because i feel like we spend time with each character relatively amount even though nancy is the majority of it right but we spend enough time with the characters to where we start to care about them a little bit and Mm -hmm. it's not like kind of like a ooh, let's see how this goes with this character right um and I feel like other moments that kind of help cement the world that you're in is uh, Nancy's uh, relationship with her parents, you know, yeah. they're divorced and stuff. And so, uh, <laughs> um, so whenever you see them talking to Nancy, mm-hmm. it helps establish even more this world. Cause obviously with these horror films, there hasn't really been like a whole lot of other people to help interact with the main characters usually the past couple of films they're in seclusion somehow yeah so i feel like you know whenever it comes to the parents themselves i also felt like they helped kind of establish the world and setting an issue and problems that Mm -hmm. the main characters are focusing so i thought it was um fairly good performances from both sides also yeah yeah like there's those the parents served as somebody that like nancy could go to for help but also yeah served to to establish that barrier of like they don't even think that she's in danger um until you know until things start really ramping up and they they serve to like trickle along the plot a little bit whereas in other horror movies yeah like you said they go to some location and that's where the bad person is and that's where all the conflict Mm -hmm. is it allows the conflict to stretch over and for there to be little minor details because you have the the ability to have those supporting characters that aren't just, you know, people that die or whatever. Absolutely. And um, 
I feel like we've uh, mentioned him several times at the beginning and haven't mentioned too much. So um, why don't we bring up good old uh, Fred Krueger, as they call him, Fred. and uh, kind of talk more about him. So um, yeah. what is your thoughts whenever it comes to uh, Freddy in the film and the um, menacing presence he had to the film? I don't know how much I can say without getting into spoiler territory. Mm -hmm. So for now, I'll just say he's really goofy. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is probably the least scared I've been of a killer, honestly. <laughs> he's just, it's like, it's, it's like you're fighting the mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, the whole time I was like, this is Jim Carrey. <laughs> That's the killer, Jim Carrey. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, that's that's what I'll say about that. I, th no. I think his 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 abilities are interesting because you because the whole time you question like, is is this real? Is this a dream? Is it? And that's the question you ask yourself the whole movie. Which, um, yeah, lends to some interesting like you, you know for the entire movie to be based in dream it's not like inception or something where you you're pretty well aware where when they're in the dream and when they're not except for like in the plot points at the end like who's the top <laughs> um but for the most time they make it pretty clear we're in a dream we're not in a dream mm -hmm. um but this movie it's like you're just constantly left wondering which is like a, a little bit of a hindrance because you're mm -hmm. like does anything that's happening here matter but the cool thing that they uh, that they do to establish that like everything matters is it seems like any injuries that somebody has in a dream or anything mm -hmm. that actually affects their body happens in both the dream and in real life. So um, it's yeah yeah. So there is like a, a, a tangibility there, um, which makes everything that happens and everything that Freddy could do all the more frightening mm -hmm. because it is going to affect your corporal self. But yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. It is interesting just to be it's just him as a killer. All, all the things he could do and all the effects mm -hmm. that they had and all the yeah. little touches. Like this isn't really spoilery, but at the very end, even with the car that had the little rooftop that was uh the, the, yeah. the same color palette as his sweater mm -hmm. or whatever, it's stuff like that that makes it feel like I'm watching the Animaniacs or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just like he's everywhere, but like in a very cartoonish kind of way. Mm -hmm. I think that's just one of the strengths of the film because mm -hmm. um, with the previous films, we this is probably the most I would say colorful. Yeah. An antagonist has been. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that was like a weird juxtaposition because I'm sure going into it, you're kind of expecting like straight shooter, you know, mm -hmm. straight up, you know, serious. And, and so just, yeah. he's, he's the kind of guy that like laughs a lot when he's killing. He makes noises. He mimics mm -hmm. people. He, you know, he does all this stuff. It's fairly it's really clowny in a way. And not, not to say that clowns aren't scary because mm -hmm. clowns can be scary. And there's plenty of, like, scare factor to this movie. They do a lot of jump scares. They do a lot of grotesque stuff. They do, you know. But, uh, yeah, just him as a killer for me, just watching it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, was, was yeah. It, I, could, I could see how he's creepy. And there's even things that, even things that I saw that I thought were funny were sometimes both funny and mm -hmm. disturbing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's not like, it's not like they intended for him to 100% be a clown. But I do think they intended for him to be a little bit more, I want to say, like, light-hearted. But, like, they were definitely more, like, yeah. creative with him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, like, you know, I'm 
evil incarnate yeah. or whatever. He was like he he seemed to enjoy killing and mm-hmm. he was having fun the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah. that, that's scary in its own right. For sure. And it's really interesting whenever it comes to the concept of Freddy Krueger himself and the fact that Wes Craven took inspiration from a lot of different stuff in order to create this character. Mm-hmm. One of the first things is the actual name of Fred Krueger. That was a name of a bully he had whenever he went to school <laughs> and stuff whenever he was younger. So, Get yeah. fucked, Fred Krueger. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now your name is associated with that guy. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the ultimate flex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just name your antagonist after a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, face your fears. Well, yeah, now that guy mm-hmm. has to live his whole life and be like, hey, you mean like the movie killer? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, God. I used to beat that kid up, you know? And they're like, wow, you're a dick. And then that's that's how he has to live the rest of his life. That's the ultimate form of revenge. Man, I'm, I'm glad I paid off a West Craven, yeah. you know, <laughs> ultimate payback. Um, and the design of Freddy Krueger himself, whenever he came to his uh, look... It was actually whenever Wes Craven, I believe, whenever he was also younger, he looked out on the street and just saw, like, this homeless guy in, like, a raggedy hat Mm -hmm. and a sweater who was just looking at him. (laughs) And so that image obviously stuck with his mind. But as for the ability Fred has himself, it actually came from him, uh, Wes Craven, reading the newspaper and finding out that over in Asia... There's a lot of people that were dying in their sleep. Like, they would just have these nightmares and end up dying. And it would get so bad that they didn't want to sleep at all. Mm-hmm. So they would actually hide coffee makers underneath <laughs> a bed in order to keep staying up. Because the parents are like, no, you need to get sleep. And mm-hmm. so we are going to remove everything so that way you could sleep. But the kids are thinking around that and Mm -hmm. basically would try to stay up as long as they can. And I've also uh, heard this around whenever it also comes to like just it's kind of a combination between the nightmare killings Mm -hmm. and the design of Freddy Krueger himself. But I heard that with some people, um, there's like this shadowy figure with a hat on Mm -hmm. and basically people who struggle with sleep. Um, that are afraid to go to sleep, they see that shadowy figure. And so that's another correlation that the deaths had is that oh, they yeah. saw a shadowy figure with a hat on. That's like a, people with sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm actually good friends with a guy that, that suffers from sleep paralysis. And that's I, a, a couple people, actually, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they both describe like just shadowy figures in the corners of their eyes or in the corner of a room or in a doorway or something that just, just like terrifying. I went on a camping trip with a guy once, and he was having night terrors. I didn't know what was happening. Like, he was having sleep paralysis and, uh, um, like, terrors. And I was like, do I wake him up? Am I not supposed to wake him up? Is mm-hmm. that, do I bring Freddy into the universe whenever I wake him up? I don't want to wake him up if that's what happens. Oh, for sure. Uh, and so, I, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, I, I think. I, I buy that. Yeah, that that's that's a, I, I see that inspiration. Yeah. Um, there was another thing I was going to uh, mention that I thought you would find uh, very peculiar mm-hmm. is, um. The house that Nancy lives in, mm-hmm. um, you've seen that house before. Ooh. Yeah. It did look <clears throat> familiar, but I didn't want to um, stereotype mm-hmm. all houses in the Northeast. Oh, for sure. Um, it's not what you're thinking, though. Ooh. So uh, this house, uh, allegedly, and I just found this out recently. Really? The house uh, that Nancy lives in, mm-hmm. that was used in Bo Burnham's inside. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I had to confirm it because it was one of those things like whenever I heard it, it's like, get out. In, in what way? Like, that's the room he's in? or Yeah, like... that's the room he's in. Oh. Right there. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had to show an article just to confirm because it's so outlandish. Yeah. That you wouldn't believe that it was actually real, but nope, several articles just talk about it. Is it just like a co-winky-dink, or was he like, ah, yes, this is the Nightmare on I Elm Street? Th- I think... I believe he was living in a house for a period of time. Mm-hmm. I, I got to check this out real quick as yeah. well. Well, I'm sure yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you live in L.A. and think, you know, people are making making houses, uh, uh, you know, people are making movies all the time in L.A. That house is probably used for multiple things. It's just a matter of time before the house that's used in, you know, I don't know, whatever... Yeah. The Fresh Prince house is now the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fresh Prince, we got to bring that up, too. Um, it looks That's like... That's what we should be reviewing. The Nightmare on My Street music video. Oh, for sure. 11 out of 10. Oh, yeah. No. Um, it was funny because whenever I made, like, a joke earlier about, like, Jazzy Jeff after we... Whenever we were watching a movie, I was like, have you seen a music video? He's like, no, I haven't heard it. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> we got to watch it. So as soon as the movie ended, I loaded that uh, sucker up on the tv and uh aaron had a grand old time with it like, yeah i love old will smith no uh yeah he just he, he was one of those <laughs> one of those rappers that just like just talked <laughs> <laughs> yeah at a normal pace <laughs> no it's... And, it, and it rhymed <laughs> but at the same time you don't hate it <laughs> yeah yeah no no it's it's sketchy uh uh-huh. <laughs> the lyric but it seems like the lyrics are something he's just like wrote down on a post-it note before he went in the, re- the reporting mm-hmm. booth and he's like yep this rhymes yeah. nightmare on my street <laughs> yeah no, it was good. It, whoever, if you look up that music video, if you haven't seen it, Nightmare on My Street, and uh, after you watch the movie, and see if you don't notice the same thing, I because I thought <laughs> it seemed like, like you know, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, they watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Whoever directed the music video did not watch the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and so it makes for a funny carousel. That's mm-hmm. just what it appears to me. Yeah, no. <laughs> Although I did love that the uh, um, Freddy, his claws were like uh, uh, record needles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was such that was, a funny touch. I had touch. to look at it close because I was like, "What does he have on his fingers?" And then whenever it had a close up, I'm like, "Oh yeah, record needles." <laughs> uh, so we had to throw in that mention there, even though it's like kind of loosely based on the film. Um, there's really just a lot with Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like we could keep talking about oh, just. Yeah batting around the bush before sure. kind of tearing right into the middle of spoilers. So there's only a few more things I'll touch on. Sure. Uh, you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but um, I think the setting is also really strong because um, yeah. the houses they actually lived in, they're actual houses. It's not a prop or anything else. So right. again, it helps to ground it. And visually, I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff, like especially how differently the characters move in the dream world and how radically different it looks, but eerily mm-hmm. similar, which I feel like is pretty accurate whenever it comes to dreams themselves. Yeah. Because I'll constantly have dreams where I'm at this place where it's kind of like it, but it's not. Like, there's right. small differences, but it's not like, you know, wacky, curvy, 
kind of German expressionistic right. uh, sort of things. I think it's really hard to portray dreams in cinema, just mm-hmm. period. And to, so to base a whole movie around, you know, going in and out of a dream world is a challenge. But I thought that, yeah, they did really well because it's easy that those those sorts of things could get confusing for a viewer because it's confusing for the person that's in the dream, you know, while mm-hmm. you, you walk out one door and you're, you know, suddenly you're just in a different place and, you know, the thing that you were touching is now made of a different material. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it, it's inherently confusing, but they managed to, I think they did a really good job of, like, keeping the continuity um, either through the dream sequences. So you weren't ever, like... You could t- kind of start to tell whenever you were shifting in and out of a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of blurred the lines of like transitioning in and out of dreams. So like when you were in the dream, I felt like you could really you could follow along. Yeah, and it was even simple stuff like just having wind blow through an inside building yeah. where there's no possible way for wind to be there or the leaves whisking. Mm-hmm. And again, like seeing like the little girls in like white dresses, like humming that one two randy's coming for you Mm -hmm. and uh them just kind of being in their own world it's just like small nuances like that and like we mentioned earlier the music just helps establish the mood immensely kind of like with john carpenter's uh halloween how his music helped elevate this movie i feel like the music is also really really strong with this movie Mm mm-hmm um, there is a funny thing, and I only really learned this because there's like um, movies that made us special on Netflix, which I actually watched before uh, we watched this film on Nightmare on Elm Street. I never noticed this the first time around, but uh, did you notice the uh, palm trees that would randomly be everywhere? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense if they filmed it in California, yeah. Yeah, even though it's not supposed to be uh, based in California, I it don't think. It felt very yeah. northeasty to me. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like the, the way the houses looked, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had never intended on it since, you know, whenever you get to Elm Street itself, it's just very kind of like Midwestern, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. Kind of like that. But then you get to like certain strangers, like, boom, palm mm-hmm. tree boom palm tree that's funny. so i, I it was small discrepancy which it doesn't ruin the flow of the film at all it's just kind of like that's not oh. a, that's not an uncommon thing though. Mm-hmm. um that, that's yeah I mean, the people point that out in a lot of movies where it's like oh this is supposed to be set in texas and there's a palm tree or whatever it's because a lot of things are filmed in california mm-hmm. because that's where hollywood is they were trying to base it in it's ohio based in ohio but the house is in la all Makes right. sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's why these palm yep. trees. Yep. Bio no, or I think they did a, a good job yeah. of yeah, making it look like it was in Ohio. Because that's the vibe I got mm-hmm. from the movie. Was it somewhere in that part of the U.S.? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other stuff to mention without getting too spoilery. I will mention um, in the dreams that the characters are in, I wouldn't say this is too spoilery. Um, it always takes place in a boiler room. And yeah. I feel like that is a pretty strong setting that you don't see commonly, but like the steam, the leaky pipes, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a perfect kind of appropriate setting for Freddy's character, even though he has nothing to do with boiler rooms, like uh, visually, right, you don't see right. him like in boiler gear or He's anything. He's not a janitor or it, something. Yeah, yeah, it does play to his backstory as we'll dive into, into the uh, spoiler territory, mm-hmm. but um just kind of hitting the surface i feel like it's an appropriate and chilling setting that is uh perfect for freddy's character i yeah. think so it's dark there's strange noises there's a lot of obstructions of your view yeah, mm-hmm. yeah classic it's like a, trying to walk through a boiler room of that size yeah it'd be like walking uh-huh. through a haunted house 
Yep. And I feel like we've pretty much have skimmed everything. Heck, we've even gone way above the movie, kind of talking about random fact trivia like yeah. Bo Burnham inside and all that stuff. So we're know. yeah, we're just the more you know. Yeah. Uh, let's so, jump in. No, 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 we gotta go. We gotta get ratings. Zero out of ten. Jump in. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Aaron, what would you rate A Nightmare on Elm Street? Huh. Interesting question, Cole. Thank you for posing Oh, it. yeah, of uh, course. Mm -hmm. uh, now, considering course. Uh, many of the things that we've talked about today, many of the factuals, uh, and uh, many of the things that I liked about the movie, we haven't quite gotten into a couple things that I would uh, knock points off of. But I do think there are only a couple things. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cock overall, it is a... Uh, we can get more into that when we get into spoiler territory. Mm -hmm. so, so, so overall, I'll just say, uh, enjoyable experience. I think it stands the test of time. I would give it a 8. Let's give it an Ooh. 8. An 8 out of 10. All right. Pretty pretty yeah. solid overall. You just went yeah. pretty high up there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that whenever it came to, like, any, like, critiques, there wasn't any, like, openly blatant stuff that's not super-duper spoilery, like, mm -hmm, on the surface mm -hmm. level. Um, but I, I'm pretty much pretty close to you. I might actually... I, I struggle with this because this one sits between, like, a 7 and an 8 for mm -hmm, me. Like, mm -hmm. I struggle on both. Like, first time watching it, it was, like, 7. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Second time watching it, it was actually hitting that 8 mark as well yeah. for me. Because um, there's really not a lot of complaints I have with this movie or anything that's, like, a major kind of, like, you know, downgrade from it. Um Let's see. Um, I'll be generous and give it, like, you know, a low eight. I feel like the sure. second time watching it, it enhanced the experience, which I think... Yeah. I feel like if a movie is even better the second time, I feel like the source material overall in film is probably really rich right. enough. So, because, you know, there's some films you'll watch and you're like, oh, that was great. Then you watch it again, you're like, eh, you know, not I amazing. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. If you if you watch a movie again in the second time, it's better than it was the first, and that just means it's a good movie. Just mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and with most, uh, for people that are a little concerned about watching it, um, kind of like Aaron mentioned, I wouldn't say it's really scary. Like, there is, like, some disturbing scenes for sure. Like, like, nothing the, too yeah. crazy, though. It's, like, it's those, like, disturbance, flip, cut away. Like, it's very quick. And there's a couple. There's a couple Ooh. that are just, like, incredibly graphic. Mm. I'll say bloody, and we can go into why. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, for sure. But for the most part, whenever it came to, like, Freddy just trying to creep them out and stuff, they yeah. would do quick quieter ways. But you're right. There is that one scene that they it... don't They don't linger on things, but there's plenty of grotesque stuff, I mm -hmm. would say. Uh-huh, for sure. Um, but do you feel like this isn't too intense of a horror film for people that are experiencing the world of horror? I think it's a little intense mm -hmm. um it's not like as intense as others uh, but i think it's definitely intense it's not for the the weak stomached um mm -hmm. but um i also don't think it's that scary i mm -hmm. think i think they try to scare you there's a lot of like jump scares and stuff i don't mm -hmm. think they were like that scary you know Under because they don't because again yeah they don't linger on things and they don't really build up a lot mm -hmm. there's not a lot of build up before you get jump scared or something so oh for sure um which I feel like that's that's fair and solid. Yeah. Um. So I feel like if you've seen a couple of films like that are 
not too terribly scary. I think this is like a good step up yeah, a bit, like turning up a little bit. It's yeah. nothing like too like intense right. or anything, but there are like a couple of moments, as Aaron mentioned, that do get fairly graphic but mm -hmm. surprisingly it's not a super duper like gore fest like whenever it comes to that i would say it's like on a scale of like one to ten on how much blood like there's more blood than there is like actual carnage i feel like yeah there's not a lot of like carnage you don't see people getting hacked limb from limb per mm -hmm. se but there's a lot of like there's a part where there's like some maggots spill out of something. Yeah. There's, there's there's some slashing at people. There's some you know there's there's a, a part where an entire room gets filled with blood. Yeah. <laughs> there's stuff like that mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think we're both a uh, grade eight across the board here. Great we're just both eight eight. I thought I might have gone down a little bit lower to seven, but again, just kind of thinking about it since it was much better the second time around not that it was bad the first time around but just even more enjoyable the second time i'm like mm -hmm. you know what I'll, I'll just give it an eight just like safe eight there <laughs> so uh, this is now yeah i know i love i whew, i love this part because you get super excited about tearing right into the film with spoilers yeah just going clawing through with yes. your little claw hands and freddy torrented my ass yep <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna uh, fist you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being comfortable, like getting, like getting your ass fisted by someone yeah. has French tips. You know what I mean? Freddy Krueger, more like Freddy Fingered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about. Spoilers. Yeah, let's talk about spoilers. All right, <laughs> all right, go. I will give you the pleasure of the first spoiler you want to dive into. Uh, well, speaking of gore, Glenn explodes. <laughs> He just fucking. That's what I'm saying. It's not. He doesn't. You know, literally. There's not like chunks of body like you could see with like uh, with Hellraiser or whatever. Yeah. But um, there. Yeah. I mean, whenever Glenn dies, Freddy literally like sucks him into the bed, and then just this geyser of blood that they focus on for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Shoots up and covers the whole room, and then his mom like oh staggers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not to say it's not gory. Um. Mm -hmm. You guys know this because we're in spoiler territory. Yes, we're. This is the spoiler territory. So Let's if you got spoiled about... that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Continue the slapping, please. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. Yeah. Let's talk about how realistic those cops were. They knew they were. They someone was <laughs> yelling for danger for for minutes on end, and they were like, "No, I don't think this is a big deal." <laughs> <laughs> they can't Wait. protect anyone. <laughs> Yeah, which um, I think just the ignorance of both the parents and the police Everybody. force. Yeah. Everybody was ignorant. But here's the thing is it made sense for most people to be ignorant, except the mom. Yeah. The mom literally like knew who Freddy Krueger was, refused to tell her daughter who magically had his hat with his sign in. Oh, so my gosh. You, yeah. you think that would be like something to, to the one that, I mean, I understand mm -hmm. the motivation because she was traumatized by this child murderer mm -hmm. that, that lived on their street, apparently. Which, how do you not know that there was a famous child murderer that killed 20 plus children, <laughs> they said in the story, on your street in probably just a couple decades ago max because mm -hmm. your mom knew about it and killed them you know like max probably only a few years because like before you were born uh and you just don't know about it like mm -hmm. look, nobody's talked about it like no motherfuckers talk about that shit all the time <laughs> you know we're still mm -hmm. talking about the golden state killer or whatever you know we're still talking about and that guy i mean come on 
20 kids in a boiler room just snatching off one street allegedly like come on Mm -hmm. Um, um i i think that's definitely a solid point i always viewed it as the whenever the parents decide to stop freddy uh krueger who is killing all of these kids like they just make a pack of like never tell our children what happened but it's kind of weird because you feel like even though it's kind of small town vibe it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel that small town no it feels like a, a suburb of a city you know so yeah. that does raise the point that surely somebody knows but about freddy krueger like mm-hmm. you think they didn't you think 20 kids got killed and the the nancy with a police officer dad didn't know about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh yeah i don't know where all these kids are going but uh, let's just not tell anybody and then yeah <laughs> but the parents figure out it's freddie and get you know that just it doesn't yeah add up. it doesn't add up how do you have a dad that's like the chief of police or whatever mm. and he's never been like oh yeah that famous child murderer mm-hmm. that uh, let me tell you about it the yeah. child of mine i i think it's just a fact that whenever it comes to the parents themselves they're trying to dismiss it like nah there's no way he's dead like who could yes. possibly come back that part makes sense is like mm-hmm. no we killed him he's not back um but the part of like her not finding out somehow when this, oh yeah what, that, it's obvious everybody knows like the kids are singing the song about him about Freddy, you know Freddy. Uh-huh. it's like it's embedded in the mythos of this 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 world mm-hmm. um that like you freddy's the boogeyman and don't you know you gotta hold your crucifix or whatever but yeah um it's like the kids on the jumping rope know about it but nancy's like mm-hmm. Well, old and, enough to have her titties out and doesn't know about Freddy Krueger. Oh um, I always took like the kids dressed in white because anytime you look at them, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. I don't know what you would call it in filmmaking, but it looks like Vaseline is smeared on the lens and oh, stuff. Yeah. That blurry thing. I always assume it was in the dream itself, like the kids. Well, like no, they're jumping rope yeah. in like that first scene, singing that song with when mm-hmm. Nancy's telling them about the dream, which I would say uh-huh. is not in the dream. Well, I guess that's the beauty of this film is you have to wonder all the time, are they in a dream or are they not in a dream? Yeah, that is, that is kind of like an interesting transition because like you mentioned before, whenever the characters do go into dreams, it's not like, you know, oh, transition. It's just like literally, okay, we're in a dream now, like mm-hmm. just instantaneous, which is kind of true in the fact that that's how dreams usually work for me. It's Right, you don't remember entering mm-hmm. the dream when you're in the dream. It's just you're already there but um yeah it definitely it's never raised the question for me watching it like how did you not know who it is i just always assume like man they're really good at keeping secrets <laughs> <laughs> really good secret um one of the big things that um i know probably with spoilers we'll jump around and stuff one of the biggest things that i would strike this film against that does drive me a little insane is nancy's mom like i like <laughs> nancy's mom but she can be the most infuriating character she's, sometimes. Yeah, she's like a weird mix of like, oh, like protective and not at all at the same time. <laughs> she's like, we're gonna get you to the sleep study. I'm gonna get her some help, but then like, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna drink myself to death and not even notice that my daughter's setting up mm-hmm. sledgehammer booby traps. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, yeah, pulling the Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> right, and it's like, you know, you're not. I don't care that you haven't slept in five days. That's all you need. I, I don't care that I witnessed you get scratches on yourself and convulse around last mm-hmm. time you slept. Like, it's fine. You just mm-hmm. need some sleep, honey. I'm gonna go drink myself to death because Freddy Krueger's not alive anymore. The thing, the the one moment that drives me crazy, mm-hmm. like 
I, I would say crazy. I wouldn't say crazy, but it's definitely like, okay, you guys aren't making a bigger deal out of it. Is whenever they do decide, like, Nancy's having all these nightmares, they take her to the dream clinic mm -hmm. and do studies. And she pulls Freddy's hat. Yeah. Does nobody, nobody's amazed by that? Like, it's okay, we've been watching trick. it. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> um, I, I get it, but at the same time, they have to be like, where did that hat come from? Like, right. there was nothing in the room. She was in but, like a gown. She was like, yeah, it's not like she was pulling it from her pockets. You know I mean? And so you figure that's definitive proof. Like, okay, she pulled this hat out of mm -hmm. nowhere. And again, I'm not sure if it's just like stage of denial the mom's going through or something like that. But just the fact she's like not making a big deal that Nancy pulled the hat. I can yeah, almost, it's... I can almost buy that. But like, how do the sleep study people not be like, there are scratches on your arms and be like, okay, and there's no blood on your own fingernails. Um, you know what I mean? Oh gosh, yeah. The, the dream clinic people, I don't feel like they knew what they were doing. That seems like a very interesting dream <laughs> to study, and they had it all on tape because they were recording mm -hmm. and watching through the little VHS. You don't think one of those scientists went back and was like, hey, she didn't scratch herself. Hey, she didn't have that hat when she came in. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a there are some holes there. That's mm -hmm. that's not like the most pressing thing yeah. I needed addressed, but it is a frustration that yeah, yeah I have with with her mom of not being like keep her in the sleep center or keep her yeah. monitored somehow. Which I'm not expecting Nancy's mom to be mom of the year like perfect. No, it's just the fact that she's so wavering between both lines, like right. super duper caring, and then I'm gonna smoke a pack of cigarettes and drink this whole bottle of vodka. Right, and I understand that you know there's there's yeah. levels of trauma, and uh -huh, she's going for through sure. her own trauma too now that fred is kruger is somehow resurfacing but at the same time yeah her motivations change scene to scene is like mm -hmm. i'm i'm over like i'm super protective and then like i'm just gonna leave you alone <laughs> yeah and again it's just one of the things that it's always hard whenever you have a premise because again i think it's brilliant wes craven came up with the idea of these four teenagers are facing freddy krueger in their dreams about to die and they have no proof of it aside from getting mm -hmm. wounds, which again they just dismiss, right? And everything, which I again, the case yeah. was going to get blown open because I knew because obviously it's like Rod's going to die in this jail cell, and that's oh. going to be. And then and then it was really clever how they did the little sneaky snake bed sheet, and so it made it look mm -hmm. like he hung himself or whatever. Exactly. So again, Freddie is still hiding under the whole uh, thing of like, okay, I'll make him look like he killed himself. The one thing I I'm not sure about is. It's like Freddy has different tactics on whether he wants to make it look like somebody killed themselves or leave it unexplained. Because mm -hmm. you have stuff like with Tina's death, uh, which was, uh, I'm sure, one of the things you wanted to talk about further. Sure. You know, just getting slashed and basically bleeding out as she's rolling all around the, the room. Ceiling and, yeah. The walls and everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know. And did Freddy know that Rod was in the bed with her? And he's like, I'm going to make sure I frame him for murder. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's like that. And then Rod hanging himself. That's like, okay, clever. Okay, clever. You got me, Freddy. Right. Making Glenn explode into a geyser of blood. What is your end game? Is he like yeah. about to be found out? Like, because I'm sure like Freddy doesn't really care necessarily if he's known yeah. he's killing. But at the same time, he's. He's just kind of screwing with you, which right. it could be a character thing or whatever. He seems like somebody that like plays around with mm -hmm. his with his kills. I think that's 
is one of the reasons probably why he targets children. I don't know. But it's also mm-hmm. like whenever you like I think in the scene where he like makes his arms grow really long and like <laughs> yeah. he's fucking around, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> or even that scene where he like lops his fingers off. Yeah. Just, and and he he, he cuts like... his side open to show maggots pour he cuts himself a lot just to be like, Hey look. You yeah. know what I mean? He's definitely like an old pervert type of guy. <laughs> he's just like, look, kids. Woo! <laughs> Something gross. You know, I mean? If he wasn't wearing a sweater, I'm sure he would have lashed mm-hmm. one of them. Um, but as goofy as like some of the scenes can get, uh, the deaths are pretty... Uh, gr- I wouldn't say gritty, per se. It's like that fine line of like... Right underneath gritty, I would probably say. Because there is like some intense scenes. Like, again, seeing mm-hmm. Tina roll around basically bleeding out covered yeah. in blood or seeing glenn get hung but of course whenever you get to glenn it's just pure hokiness which right. i think it's perfectly fine i think yeah. it's a cool effect so i'm glad it's in the film but mm-hmm. um what were you going to say earlier i'm very 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 curious about uh tina's death oh about tina's death i don't know what was i gonna say I, I thought you were you mentioned um something about whenever it came to like the violence of that room just her bleeding out yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I, <laughs> okay, that was my bad. Was I was I, like thinking, was I was like, to say something? no, no, you weren't. I, I misinterpreted thinking like, okay, he's got something groundbreaking. Like, when, when everybody, everybody shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Aaron has something really clever to say. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought it was. I thought you had like a college thesis like, no, Aaron, go, don't disappoint us. Yeah, you know, uh, Tina's death reminds me of a book written by... Uh, this one uh, writer I heard in my uh, English class in college. Mm. And it's very interesting with the allegories that are... (laughs) Okay. What does it mean to suddenly become inverted onto the ceiling? That's exactly what I thought you were going for in the route. Okay. (laughs) Look Um, at the lines being blurred between here and the dream world as Raj stares helplessly, looking up above into the dreamosphere mm-hmm. uh, where tina rolls on the ceiling in her own blood yeah um, that um, was done specifically because freddy krueger uh got off to it made him really hard that's well, my analysis well um, done aaron well done no i do think i do think it was interesting <laughs> because i think there was a you can we can look at this movie and i think with the omission of a few key kills right you can kind of look in this movie and say, is this all in Nancy's head, mm-hmm. right? Did Nan- is this just, like, uh, is this Nancy's psychosis? Is she imagining certain things? Mm-hmm. Is she, um, because she stayed up so long, and that's why it gets progressively worse as it goes along? Um, was it really just that Rod killed Tina and uh, then killed himself and the traumatic like portion of the because that's what like the police say that's what the parents say that's Mm -hmm. what her friends say and she doesn't she's the only one that doesn't believe it even the ones that are getting killed by this thing Mm -hmm. um it seems like she doesn't believe it uh um so like you can say that but then yeah you do look at like the glenn kill scene and there's like no way to like wave that (laughs) away as nancy's psychosis because that would be like the motivation behind freddy concealing his kills i think for Mm -hmm. me would be like um, Nancy's like desperately trying to show people that Freddy's killing these people, uh-huh. but like the logical explanation is still it's in her head. So then you're left at the end being like, mm-hmm. Ooh. and especially yeah. with that ending where they all seem to be back alive, and it was like, oh, it was all in Nancy's head. I feel like that's what they wanted you to think until the car like locks itself and it's yeah. like Freddy's back, and then you're like, oh, you're back in the dream or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, yeah, but then you have a scene like Lynn where it's like blood explosion and everybody seems to know what's going on and be affected, including the police. Mm -hmm. uh, and massively confused as to what happened. And then her dad sees her mom get like yeah. cooked by Freddy and sinking. So other people start to experience what she experienced too, besides the mm -hmm. ones that are dying. And it seems like, okay, that sort of debunks that theory. Oh. Or does it? Um, yeah. And, um,. <sighs> And that's a problem I have with it is the fact that even though um, with Nancy and stuff, there is sometimes where I feel like she is being, um, again, a little bit, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word. It's, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily hokey, but whenever it comes to stuff like, um, I, I feel like uh, with the performance she has, uh, it is kind of like at certain moments where it is dry so that's kind of like one of the things i did kind of like ah you know that could have maybe had another take but she does mm -hmm. have strong stuff there are some actions people do in this movie that drive me crazy and it's mostly with our boy johnny depp as glenn <laughs> yeah it, it makes because i i don't expect characters to be like perfect human beings i mean that's the whole thing with horror is basically these characters make a mistake and they pay immensely for right, it right. because it's just human nature to do that. But there are some things, especially whenever Nancy's like, hey, Glenn, don't fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okie dokie, falls asleep twice. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> twice. And he has to know exactly what's going on, but he is the most chill person throughout the entire thing, yeah, seeing he... his friends murdered. Um, And I still like the character Glenn, but I'm just like, especially whenever... His mom wakes him up after he mm -hmm. fell asleep and says, like, you know, oh, you know, what are you doing? You know, watch the TV and listen to stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, you know. I was straining up to see the boobies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was basically it. And he looks at the clock. It's 13 minutes till midnight where right. he's promised to see Nancy. Mm -hmm. And he just goes back to sleep. Yeah. On the one hand, I can definitely see that happening in any real-life scenario. Sure. On the other hand, it is infuriating. Mm -hmm. Like, who's, who's like... I got 13 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep even though she's warned me a billion times there's someone killing me. <laughs> Not set an alarm or anything. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. And so uh, I think that's just one of the things I can appreciate about Nancy is she's, you know, towards the first half of the film, she's kind of the victim. Like, again, she's mm -hmm. just getting bat around by Freddy whenever she's, like, screwing with her, like, everywhere she goes. Basically driving her to the point where everyone thinks she's insane because mm -hmm. she is so sleep deprived because she refuses to fall asleep. But I think just that flip of the switch, whenever she's like, all right, to hell with this, I'm learning about booby traps mm -hmm. and I'm going to set this up. So that way, whenever I dream, I'm going to get Freddy and mess him up. Right. And I, I really like that in a character. Not to say I don't like the, you know, kind of typical final girl thing where it's just running around screaming. I think it just kind of depends on the situation. Like with uh, Laurie Strode, there was times where I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're yeah. literally making worse mistakes. As opposed to um, um, Sally Field's character in Texas Chainsaw where you feel like she's trying everything she can in her yeah. ability to survive i think yeah one of the biggest strengths of that is yeah she a lot of that's just running she's just she's just a marathon running she's like gotta mm -hmm. get the fuck out of here you close the door behind me do whatever. Mm -hmm. she's doing whatever she can to get yeah out. um and yeah i think where a lot of 
a lot of victims, a lot of final girls fall short is, yeah, that where you could tell the mm. director's like, well, I need them to get here because I want a fun scene to happen here. So just go ahead and mm-hmm. make a dumb decision so that that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't think, um, I thought Nancy was very pragmatic. She was, a, yeah, she was like, yeah. And they, they mentioned that in the movie. She's like, oh, you are, you push through, you're mm-hmm. a problem solver or whatever. Yeah. And that she was exactly that. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to set up these traps. Yeah. I'm going to home alone this motherfucker. Yes, exactly. She had several plans that mm-hmm. went according like varying levels of success throughout mm-hmm. the movie where she's like i'm gonna find out more about him i'm gonna drag him into this world we're gonna beat him with a baseball bat or whatever yeah yeah she's like i work mm-hmm. i'm gonna get my dad involved you know, she yes. found ways to to defeat him oh for sure and i will give like a, a little bit of credit because even though i will say i found her to be a better bit of a final girl than other ones mm-hmm. i do have to give benefit of doubt to like people that were in halloween or texas chainsaw and the fact that they're in the midst of it already right. whereas with nancy she's only in trouble if she falls asleep so right it is kind of uh she has time to like prepare whereas mm-hmm. many most of them don't yeah so that is the one thing i will give however it still stands the fact that i feel like nancy's determination is super strong and the fact that she refuses to fall asleep and is literally making herself super duper sleep deprived and weak which mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I I can barely go like a day without sleeping. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty tapped out. Afterwards. I, I didn't buy how well she was functioning. Like she was mm-hmm. already on like five days of sleep deprivation when she was like reading through the booby trap book. Or yeah, whatever. and I was like, I can't read if I lose like three hours <laughs> <Yeah>. of sleep, <laughs> much less five days. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, she's she's a nice girl. Yeah, sure, yeah. That, that helps. Um, oh, for sure, yeah, just has a young vigor and uh, was taking caffeine pills and other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was she was doing what she could. Um, I would have liked to seen a few more uh, scenes of her just like absolutely exhausted and then like like jolting herself away. Oh, for or, sure, like, doing some push ups or something just to be like, all right, wake wake up, wake up. Yeah, which I feel like she did have like a couple of scenes that were pretty good. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wish it would have been a little bit more. Like whenever she falls asleep in the bathtub, right and stuff like i feel like again visually there's a lot of cool stuff they do in the dream sequences like whenever freddy grabs her and pulls mm-hmm. her into the tub and you just see it drowning i feel like that's a really visually nice mm-hmm. cool scene that was one of those mm-hmm. like that seemed like they were going for an iconic slasher shot with like freddy's uh-huh. hand going uh, between her legs or whatever it's like yes this is what slasher films are about mm-hmm. here's the killer here's a naked lady here's a they look, it seems like they're really trying to make that into a movie frame you can print out you know oh I mean? and they did they used it for trailers mm-hmm. and everything so yeah i feel like they're trying super hard there but i also like i don't know i also didn't find that as as sexual as some of the other scenes because Mm -hmm. because honestly and i think this is part of it nancy is like not a typical uh horror movie victim girl Mm -hmm. where she's gonna go like have some raunchy sex and then like she literally turns down sex from johnny depp yeah (laughs) multiple occasions because she's worried about not fucking dying yeah or worried about in the beginning being there yeah she's yeah look watch out for tina right so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of i think why i feel like it wasn't that sexualized Mm -hmm. you know what i mean even though i feel like the camera tried to sexualize people in certain spots like nancy the the main character was like okay yeah i'm not trying to get dick right now i'm trying to not (laughs) die (laughs) no i think that's a strong and um Whenever it comes to uh, Freddy and mm-hmm. stuff, because I know we kind of mentioned at the beginning how about how goofy is kind of Jim Carrey esque. Right. Um, 
how does he rank amongst the other killers for you so far? Because he is definitely the most hokey of all oh, the killers. Yeah. But it's also you gotta love how hokey he is. I love like whenever I said earlier that it's yeah. like the, it was like a murder version of the mask. Like I kind of like that. It it made the film not seem. It still was definitely like a horror movie. It was definitely like a slasher. Mm-hmm. But it made the movie not seem like it was trying to take itself that seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't trying to take itself too seriously. Seriously enough that you buy the premise and you, you, you're you rooting for the characters and you don't want them to die mm-hmm. and that Freddy's scary or whatever. But it wasn't like that scary. It wasn't trying to be like one of those, this is based on a true story. Yeah. Please piss yourself tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, <laughs> it was like, here's an interesting tale. And I mm-hmm. think it, it benefited all the more from that. Um, that being said, like, I don't, I don't have the urge to go dress up as Freddy for Halloween. You know what I mean? Oh, but <laughs> not saying it's not a great costume. Uh-huh. Um, and he's very iconic, but yeah, he, he's like, he's like funny that way. If I was trying to pick somebody, it was like, all right, you, you could pick three scary movie guys to, to scare the piss out of somebody, put them in a haunted house and make them real scared. Like Freddy would not cross my mind. <laughs> like he's not, he's not scary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would probably agree, like, watching it, there wasn't a lot of scenes where he wasn't scary. There was, like, some disturbing scenes, um, a little bit, but there was some funny stuff, like, I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> like, the tongue comes out and just, like, tickles yeah. her lips. That's, that's some masks, yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm your boyfriend now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also feel like if he had played it straight, just bad guy it would have been cornier i think honestly Mm -hmm. because like this was like corny funny it was like self-aware yeah but i think if they tried to take that same character and just make him scary Mm -hmm. and remove anything hokey yeah i think it would have been for the worst yeah i think robert england's performance as uh freddy krueger is really strong and Mm -hmm. obviously that's the thing people remember and stuff they continue to remember and that's why you know i think everyone just enjoys watching him just be goofy yeah and so like you know because with the other killers it is definitely kind of like oh man you know got to see like the carnage he's gonna cause he's mm-hmm. gonna mess stuff up right whereas with freddie it's kind of like yeah you know you'll get to see him kind of like mess people up but it's also just screw around with them right yeah he's definitely has power over them and he likes to he's playing with the kills which also makes a lot of more sense if you want to like do fun things with your killer without like having to stick to pure logic of like okay you know if if michael you wanted to kill somebody you know mike myers wanted to kill somebody uh with his knife he should run up to them and kill them with his knife that's that's the most mm-hmm. logical explanation you know yeah I mean? so then it looks kind of weird whenever he gets poked with a knitting needle and lies down on the ground or whatever versus mm-hmm. freddie he's like already kind of this comical guy like even though the scenes were like really corny, I bought that like he would be stunned by getting hit by a coffee pot for a while. And he's yeah. like, oh, goodness. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is I think whenever he's brought out of the dream world, he loses his power. Right, right. Because, you know, he has this infinite amount of power and ability to do it, which I feel like they did a pretty good job establishing the rules, but also mm-hmm. didn't define it. So there's some like loose ends where it's like, okay, well, how's it work? Like, for instance, whenever Nancy is determined to check on Glenn to see. Uh, not Glenn, uh, Rod. Yeah. Rod's going, and then, like, Glenn, I guess, is, like, talking to her while she's asleep, and then he right. appears back. It's kind of like that loose thing of, like, okay, what does this mean? Like, mm-hmm. are the dreams actually connected with each other? 
Uh, so that was really the only times where I'm like, not sure really how the power works, but it was funny seeing Nancy pull Freddy out and basically just mess him up. Like it's yeah, so body. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. And especially the final scene, whenever she throws that gasoline on and he's just burning alive mm-hmm. and then falls down the stairs. Yeah. Tries crawling again. And then, um, even seeing like one of my favorite moments is whenever she finally convinces her dad to go inside and be like, look, I got him. I got mm-hmm. him. And then they're trying to look like, where is it? And there's the fiery footprints leading up the <laughs> yeah. stairs. It's like so comedic and yet amazing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so glad that he's like, I want these steps to be like on fire. Like yeah. they are just literally perfectly shaped on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the, effects overall with freddy like they are a little bit hooky there was a couple of good scenes i'm like wow that was really good but like the arm stretching scene <laughs> doing that or um even the scene where nancy's running up the stairs which apparently wes craven hated mm-hmm. but the guy who uh helped fund the film uh really wanted that in the movie so it was like kind of like a fine throw it in whenever wait, wait, which scene? uh the one where nancy's trying to run up the stairs and her feet are sinking into the stairs oh i kind of liked that me too that's kind of like where i'm at so it felt very dreamlike you know mm-hmm. where you're walking and suddenly you can't walk it was like a great way to visualize that like in a way that's like if you were to understand like these stairs are now jelly you know what i mean no for sure um and it, it's like even though the effect i feel like isn't done very well um mm-hmm. I, I still like it. The one effect, mm-hmm. the one effect I cannot get over is at the very end. The very end. <laughs> With the car? No. no. <laughs> I, I think the car is fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like the ending overall is actually fine. I kind of like how it sets it up. It's whenever Freddy Krueger grabs Nancy's mom and oh, pulls, pulls her, her through, through the window. Through the little top just window. Like that door. little blow-up doll <laughs> thing. Yeah, and he's just like... Which, you know, it doesn't really matter too much, but it's definitely one of those things that takes me out of it, yeah. seeing that. The ending was like, oh man, the ending was not as strong for me as the rest of the movie. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, if it ended before the Freddy stuff happened, uh, I would have been really mad if they were just like, it was all a dream or mm-hmm. whatever, and all these people didn't die at all. That would have sucked. But like, it seemed like that last scene was just another dream where she Mm -hmm. was like remembering how things used to be and then freddy's influence is still there or something it definitely left it over open to interpretation on purpose um Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know how to feel about it there's not like a little it's not like a neat little bow tied onto it which i don't think you necessarily need a super neat little bow but like at the same time for an entire film that was like sort of narratively plot wise like wishy-washy on purpose because like, mm-hmm. what's real what's not what's it what's in the dream what's in the real world um to have that film also not have closed ends i don't know how i feel about it is that appropriate because the whole thing's just a big wiggly mess mm-hmm. it's just an experience that doesn't have a neat pro- plot structure or is it like okay you gotta give me something <laughs> yeah you gotta give me something to hold on to which apparently they had several endings for the film that they were trying to play about exactly like mm-hmm. is freddie gonna come back is he not mm-hmm. so i feel like the ending is kind of i i, I feel like freddie should have just been maybe like dead mm-hmm. whenever he caught on fire so i think the part where he goes after nancy's mom to kill her right and, and then like her body sinks to the mattress and then he comes back, and then Nancy's like, 
you have no power over me. And he's like, no. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit hokey. But then again, maybe that's just part of the dream, like I in her like, head. Yeah. It's I feel so like they weird. To mash a lot into the end, mm-hmm. but they were running out of time. They were like, okay, we yeah. want to kill the mom too, and then she needs to finally realize that she needs to turn her back like she discovered earlier yeah. in the movie but so i definitely feel like it it does kind of um again it doesn't as you say have a nice kind of bow on top kind right. of ending but i still really enjoy this film like yeah, there's too. a lot to like about it and surprisingly i after the first time watching it, i didn't think i would really want to watch it again but this second time around it just yeah, I, there was a, definitely a lot to respect. And uh, while I, I know I rated uh, Friday the 13th an 8 out of 10, um, I would probably still place that a little above yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street for me personally mm-hmm. uh, because there's just a lot of stuff I like about it. Maybe it's just biased because yeah. it's one of the first horror movies I've watched. But it's still like it's low A. Yeah, I no. forget exactly what I rated it, but it was something in that. that um, Friday uh, the 13th? Friday, Friday yeah, 13th, you yeah. rated it 7, 7 out of 10. That makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought it was a little bit more traditional. Um, uh-huh, for sure. And, and like, it's not a bad thing. This mm-hmm. movie definitely played around with a lot of stuff, and I feel like yeah. it succeeded, and so I give it a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and this was a huge success, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a major success to where uh, New Line Cinema, which obviously you recognize them for, like, Lord of the Rings and stuff yeah. like that, this was their very first movie. Oh, okay. yeah. Because, I mean, I saw the logo when it popped up, and I was like, oh, New Line, okay. And I knew it was like, because this movie came a little after some of these movies mm-hmm. we've been watching. So it made sense to me because I was like, okay, they, they understand the, the value in horror movies now. But I didn't realize it was their first. Yep, it was the very first yeah. movie. And um, the budget was $1.1 million, right. And uh, according to Wikipedia, it made $57 million. It's a profit, baby. Yep, and so that's basically kind of uh, what helped make New Line Cinema who they are and build up the company because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to make this film. Right. So I think just the fact that it did so well and of course they had to spend many, 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 many sequels mm-hmm. that would continue getting in money. Um, I think it's definitely great and strong and I feel like because Wes Craven did have a unique spin on the world of horror because yeah. this came out in 1984. Like slashers had been consistently done really religiously after Halloween in 1978. So you have like six years of slashers kind of literally copy paste copy paste copy paste copy paste where it's like realistic just a madman going around killing people so i could definitely give mad respect to nightmare on elm street on what it did for the world of horror yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um any closing thoughts or anything else you had before uh, wrapping up this episode aaron um i don't think so yeah yeah i guess the only other thing i would touch on is the music choice i think was really interesting Uh uh-huh um yeah i, I kind of mentioned that it was it was upbeat but usually there wasn't like i feel like the soundtrack didn't have a lot of those tones that was meant to make you feel eerie or creepy mm-hmm. even though they could have easily slid this in i feel like most of the time whenever music was used even in moments like leading up to a kill or a chase or something mm-hmm. it felt much more like i was like listening to like an action movie soundtrack i guess mm-hmm. or something not like generic action music i don't want to say that but like the, that's the kind of mood that it was putting you in and mm-hmm. so I, I just feel like the way they play with mood give it was was also not um the way specifically the score played with mood was also not stereotypical of a mm-hmm. horror movie and so i would give it props for that as well yeah no i definitely think the music is strong and 
like again for me it's just very iconic the theme like the ding 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 mm-hmm. do and it's it, like a boss fight <laughs> yeah exactly it's not like super duper scary yeah. but it at least establishes the mood for me right yeah. kind of i i feel like it is just very dreamlike music that yeah. would it, it just nails it perfectly whenever it hits a tone so mm-hmm. it's definitely something i always listen to anytime um, the halloween season is up and running so right. um obviously listen to the soundtrack as much as you can especially uh nightmare on my street <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey yeah. that song is not affiliated with nightmare on elm street any uh <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> if yeah. you watch the okay. music video it'll be very explicit scratch scratch that it has nothing to do it's just That's coincidence it's very much a coincidence that he wrote nightmare on my street and the guy's name is fred yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely um so yeah i had a great time watching this uh movie overall with you talking about it i yeah. felt like we were able to really hit home a lot of plot points and stuff like that so with this next film uh we're actually going to be taking a step back from the 80s itself and jump back over to the late 70s with this film where it will take place where most people cannot help you at all um and Yes, <gasps> it is in space. Yeah, Where you, no one can hear you scream? You, that's that's a tagline for this next movie. <laughs> All right. So, Let's do it. All right. You ready for it? So, yeah. yep. Thank you guys uh, for listening to our episode here. Mm-hmm. And tune in next time whenever we take a trip in our little rocket ship <laughs> into space where we're going to be jumping into um, Ridley Scott's 1979 hit, Alien. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Play us out. We got the rights to this song. Yeah, we we paid the monies. Uh, My street. On my street. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, CastBox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. For me, it is at ColkirkVA, and for Aaron, it is at AnimalGameDev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary.